now on Racing Pulse, RSN's racing editor, Matt Stewart. Interesting approach from Mooney Valley too. The idea of using this race as a bit of a bargaining chip. It's sort of, I don't, I'm not sure everyone would feel good about that, that, that that's the role that the Cox Plate should have. For more news, opinion and selections, head to rsn.net.au. It is time for Maddie Stewart's news, RSN's racing editor on this very special of days. The most Valentine's romantic day. day in the world, which is not surprising that you being such a Lothario and a romantic man was born on Valentine's Day. Happy birthday, Maddie Stewart. Unbelievable. Thank you, Michael. Um, Michael. Did you usually get more Valentines or birthday wishes on this well, day? What's option C? Neither <laughs> of the above. I yes. wondered what those roses were doing on your desk. You know what? And I've actually decided not to calculate because I've actually forgotten. Once I got over fifty, I thought, "No, bugger it!" You're not, not counting anymore. No, I'm not counting anymore. I'm actually counting backwards. <laughs> Forty-six now. Well, uh, at your age, uh, every birthday should be celebrated because you don't know when the yeah, next one. And I look back over my shoulder and roaring at <laughs> Uh Well, I hope you have a good day, Matty. Thank anyway, you, Michael. And I hope there is a Valentine for you out there. I, I saw an interesting um, snippet on social media, which will lead us into Annabelle Nation, where um, Rob Archibald, who's her partner, they did a little social. Um, because the sales were on today, saying if you don't know what to get your uh, other half for Valentine's Day, buy into this horse, because I've just bought Animal Nation Machine in this horse. It's a good little marketing campaign. I know Grace Ramage did something similar for Lindsay Parker. Might have been Christmas, around Christmas time. So there's a lot of creativity going on in uh, in finding affordable shares. I think the reason why there's a market for it is because they are kind of affordable. If you're a one percenter or a two percenter, then it doesn't sound all that intimidating, does it? So, yeah, good on them for uh, seizing the opportunity. Absolutely. And they're probably still scratching their heads because that Zaki trial yesterday was, uh, if you were Neil Wilson and the rest of the owners, you would have been flat. There's no doubt about it. Got beaten five lengths, finished eighth in its trial. And it wasn't a super stellar bunch of horses that it was racing against. So it is only a trial, though. This is what Annabelle Neesham had to say about it. Yeah, to be honest, a little bit disappointed in his trial. His first trial was excellent. Uh, he was just a bit lacklustre today. Um, just didn't close off as well as he can. We No obvious signs. We got him back to the stable. He's, he looks absolutely fine. He was very bright before and after the trial. So maybe he's had an off day. Obviously, he's getting a bit older now. Um, he probably knows it's a trial, not a race now. But uh, we'll just see how he is over the next couple of days. The, the plan's been the Canterbury Stakes to, to kick him off. But I would have liked to have seen him just trial a bit better, but we'll just see if something comes to light. And um, if not, he, he is a horse, usually a good worker and a good trial horse, but he can often just throw in an off day and um, may well have just been that today. You know, he's older now. But it, if there's ever a time where... Uh, he's, you know, t- tells us he's had enough, whether that's, you know, race days or at home. Then, then, um, you know, we'll always put him first. But certainly, his work at home has been great. He's very touch wood, a very sound horse, and he's given us no indication that he's any different to any other prep. So, a little bit of a head scratcher, but um, hopefully, we'll be able to just put it down to a slightly off day. There's just there's so many options for him. Um, I think we'll just let the d- dust settle. Um, if we're happy with him, we'll get him to that first run, and then we'll go from there. Well, obviously, a um, couple of things. You wonder whether there might be a little gear change. Maybe it's time to whack on the blinkers or something. Who knows what 
if there's a roll of the dice. But obviously, Jamie Carr would have been watching that uh, that trial yesterday, and uh, she's got to make a decision. I th- got to say, I. It was interesting hearing uh, McPrice talk about with I'm Thunderstruck the other option that she's got for the All Star Mile. That's if we'll if Zaki indeed even heads that way. It sounds like he probably will, but um, then and he's he's eight now. So mm. both Zaki and Nature Strip are eight year olds. So mm. we saw the start of the change in the Garden Animos, the new king. Um, Zaki and Nature Strip had been the headline acts in Australian racing for the previous you know couple of seasons. So I think we. We've seen maybe the the downward trend for these horses, which is understandable when they're eight. Yeah, it does happen. Um, Nature's trip is going to be fascinating Saturday. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be. I've got a feeling. I don't want to. I've got a feeling he he might get rolled on the weekend. Um, but interesting that Mick Price told us yesterday about the behaviour of I'm Thunderstruck on the day on Saturday behind the bar uh, behind in the race day stalls, and he was. Pig rooting and Jamie Carr said he had a good blow after the race, which I think's an acceptable march on with I'm Thunderstruck and nothing to be worried about. Because I, I actually thought he was disappointing. I think yeah, a horse I heard you his... say that, and I didn't think he was disappointing. He's only just he, he loomed to win, and it looked like a horse that needed the run. Yeah, but even when those top class horses do need the run, they still they still win those races they, they, when they're still underdone. Anyway, um, I think. All things being equal, it's it's move on to the next the, the, to the next race with him, and uh, we still don't know if Jamie Carr is going to take Sydney over Melbourne on that day. So, um, what's her option to ride in Sydney? Well, she's got five Group Ones up there that she'd be um, well coveted for, including there might be a who knows there might be a Golden Slipper, there might be all. That's a very big day in Sydney as well, and if she gets a suite of good offers up there, um, who knows? Five million dollars, a big carrot down here. Yeah, well, who knows? I mean, I'm just not sure. It's uh, what what her medium range bookings might be, or what the options might be, but um, you know it is massive up there. So anyway, we'll see how that plays out. Well, there might be a border uh, by that time. Uh, they they may the build wall. a wall mm. uh, where they've done, uh, or they've tried to do it elsewhere around the world with similar types of. Uh, um, responses because what is going on at the moment, and we're going to have a chat to Brian Kruger in around about five or six minutes' time. It's not good for racing overall. And Andrew Jones came out as the CEO of Racing Victoria, and gee, he was strong yesterday. And we're talking about the legal action that's being taken by Racing New South Wales against uh, Racing Victoria, Racing Queensland, Racing South Australia, and Racing WA uh, about. Um, wanting to get documents released, which, um, as the front page rather strangely screamed in New South Wales, the other states trying to kill off New South Wales racing, which uh, newspapers sometimes are prone to exaggeration, but that was just a load of rubbish, that. Well, it's obvious the parochialism of the Murdoch media is it's undisputed. I mean, that was extremely... Um, New South Wales centric. The tone of the story, the headline, the Herald Sun ran it on page nine. It wasn't as alarming dressed up wise with the headline and so on, but it was exactly the same story which emanated from the Daily Telegraph. Uh, it was a complete distortion, uh, in my view, of the reality of the situation. And certainly, uh, and when Brian Kruger is going to join you, I'd be interested to hear his uh, take on it as well. But this is what uh, the CEO of Racing Victoria responded with to. Uh, that narrative from the Murdoch media. I'm here to tell you the only PRA that's tried to exclude another PRA from Racing Australia is in fact Racing New South Wales. 
So two years ago, Racing New South Wales attempted to exclude Racing New South Wales' nominated director from Racing Australia and attempted to have Racing Victoria de-recognised as a PRA under the Racing Australia Constitution. And the basis of its claims, can you believe it, is that Racing Australia ran a limited series of races that uh, required less use of the whip. So if limiting whip use is grounds for exclusion from Racing Australia, that probably tells you where Racing New South Wales is at ethically, mentally and strategically. Strong, ethically, mentally, strategically. He, he actually, slight slip up there where he meant to say Racing Victoria once or twice when... Uh, in not New, racing so New South Wales, that, but that was the the whip um, yeah. free series or the whip reduction series that Racing New South Wales said um, wasn't um, vetoed by all of the uh, wasn't passed by all of the other racing states at Racing Australia. Therefore, you've broken the charter of Racing Australia, yeah, which doesn't actually work because Racing New South Wales won't come to the party. Well, and Racing Victoria's attitude at the time and subsequently was, well, if we are to go to the Racing Australia board table with a comprehensive view on the whip, we are entitled to do some sort of uh, reconnaissance and trialling of it. So uh, Racing Victoria was strongly of the view that there was nothing wrong with having a little uh, trial of something that they were hoping to implement via approval via the Racing Australia board table at the time, So, which Racing New South Wales wouldn't sit at anyway. So the language that was highlighted, the leaked documents uh, that ended up in the Murdoch media's lap uh, yesterday, you know, very strong language, you know, that they plucked from these communications that they'd seized about, you know, a cartel is being formed and acts of war and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> I'm curious to know how how that information landed there as well, who had the um, those documents that were happy to leak it to the Murdoch me media. There's a few theories going around, it's fair to say, but uh, interesting. Uh, it would be interesting to work out how, how inappropriate it may have been that that information landed in their lap. I wonder, because this is obviously the start of the Asian Racing Conference, how other racing jurisdictions and the administrators and leaders view what is occurring here. Um, I'm sure it will be a topic of conversation. I'll bring it up with Brian Kruger when we have a chat in a moment. But uh, this court case is proceeding uh, to try and discover documents that Racing New South Wales says um, is anti-competitive behaviour against Racing New South Wales. So we'll find out whether it um, proceeds any further than that. It's not an actual court case at the moment. It's to discover these documents that Racing New South Wales wants to look at. So we'll get more clarity from Brian Kruger. Uh, in a moment, I'll also obviously speak to Brian about a board meeting yesterday, which was uh, a very important board meeting as the Spring Carnival is concerned. Yep. And interesting article on the Asian Racing Report about the paramutual um, and how much it's diminished yeah. in turnover over the last few years. In the advent of the corporate bookies and the bonuses and the best totes and all and other factors that have contributed to a drift away, well not a drift away, a march away from the from the traditional paramutual. Uh, just a couple of paragraphs from that story on the Asian uh, Brent O'Brien, a really good story. A comparison between pools on the first Saturday of February this year and last year. So this is just a 12 month comparison. Uh, total win investment on Sydney racing across the three totes dropped 61%, Melbourne 52%. In the context of dollars, uh, in the space of a year, the total hold on wind pools in Sydney's Randwick meeting dropped from 5.86 million to 2.24, down 3.62 million, uh, and a similar sort of drop in Melbourne as well. And it goes on to explain what some of the concerns are about a drift towards 
the the corporate bookies who you know with their takeouts and all sorts of things as well so uh, have a little look at the Asian racing report there if you're uh, keen to explore that story a little bit more which is obviously important because we've got the um, the tab license currently yep. negotiations ongoing Tommy Marquand uh, has is uh, improving he's got a very sore right shoulder um, uh, no broken bones, but he's uh, recovering well after that fall. Not sure what the timeline is, but the report is that Tommy Marquand is uh, on the improve, the superstar international jockey. Uh, old mate Pakistan star had a bad bout of colic out there at Living Legends, but he's on the improve, and it happened on the almost on the day of his tenth birthday. So uh, thoughts. Uh, hopefully, Pakistan star will continue to improve out there at Living Legends. And you'll come back just about ten to eleven, obviously in the build up to the big V. But we'll get your take on. Yep. Um, my chat with Brian Kruger and also Andrew Bensley, who sat down and will play the interview uh, with the boss of Hong Kong as well. Plenty of issues to cover there. Maddie, we'll see you Good in a little over an hour. Quick break on the other side of this. The chairman of Racing Victoria, Brian Kruger.